Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Courtney Tarrant, and we're going to explore Instagram ads, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of techniques you can use to increase your conversions with IG ads. By the way, if you want to reach me, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for this week's interview with Courtney Tarrant. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Courtney Tarrant. If you don't know who Courtney is, she's an Instagram ads expert and the chief strategist and co-owner of the Ad Girls. Her agency helps women grow their businesses from six to seven figures. And her course is Everywhere AF. Courtney, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm outstanding. I'm super excited you're here. Me too. So today... Courtney and I are going to explore proven techniques that work with Instagram ads. But before we go there, Courtney, I would love to hear your backstory. Start wherever you want to start. How in the heck did you get into Instagram ads? Oh my gosh. This is actually my favorite question because I think so many people just in general, they have this story about how they, you know, they really are passionate about marketing and they, you know, it's like, it's really like ABC. I, on the other hand, was thrown into marketing because I'm a millennial and I went to college in 2009, 2010 at my job at the time was like, you know, social media. So mm. <laughs> do the things. And I just fell into it that way. So I've been in social media marketing since 
the days of old. I've been in it forever throughout my entire career. Wait, wait, real quick. I want to back the story up. When you were in college, did you take a degree specifically in social marketing or what was your specialty? No, I had a degree in speech communications and public relations. Really? I have a degree in speech also, believe it or not. Do you? Oh my gosh, we have so much in common. We're going to be best friends. So you got out of school with your speech degree and somebody said, hey, you know, social media. So before you went out on your own, I want to hear a little bit more about like, were you working for somebody back then doing social? Give us a little bit more of that story. Yeah. So I worked for my university, actually, at the time I worked in the student communications department and managed the social media and talked to potential applicants for the university. And then from there, went into a job where I worked as the social media manager for a tech startup company for a few years. I had a brief hiatus as a teacher, actually. That didn't go super well. Um, And so I kind of dove back into the marketing world and the social media marketing world and really just like fell into it more than anything else. I think that it's a, a story that started off by accident and then ended up turning into something that I'm really passionate about which is when I decided to sort of jump out on my own in 2015 was like, okay, I think this could be the thing. This could be my thing that I do that I build my career on. And if you're going to do it, go big or go home, like let's give it a shot. So tell me more. What did you start? So I started actually an organic social media marketing agency in 2015 with like paid ads was the secondary thing that I did. And then after about six months of doing organic, I was like, I think that there's something to this whole paid ads thing. I used to do it. I've done it before. And my clients that are using it are just getting incredible results. And so I started to really focus and hone in on the paid ad side of Facebook and Instagram specifically. I mean, I obsessed over it. I took every course that was available at the time. There weren't very many. I tested and retested and I got really into A-B testing and trying all different landing page things and campaign styles. And I mean, in 2015, that's like, before conversions and CBO and like and all of the things that are on the back end of ads manager, it was like traffic campaigns and like auditing the back end of clients' businesses and figuring out how that is actually tied to revenue. And I just turned into this big data nerd. And I was like, I love this. And I actually love how much the algorithm is always changing and how much trends are changing and the way that ads work are changing and just so many unlimited ideas that I I found it to be my thing. I just never got bored. And so I quickly grew my little agency to a little bit of a bigger agency and ended up in by 2020 or 2019, I guess, I had around five team members and me. And I think like that's so from that moment, so from 2015 to 2019 was really Courtney by herself doing her thing, growing her agency. And really the story of the ad girls started in like 2020 with the pandemic, which is such a crazy time for something so amazing to start. But that's really kind of where it all got started for me. Tell us more. Like what happened? Like, what did you start? Yeah. So I was obviously doing Instagram ads, paid ads on social media. And anytime someone would ask about paid ads, inside of Facebook groups, it was me and this other girl that just kept getting tagged. I think that the the world of ads in general tends to be very secretive. It tends to be a little bit competitive. Everybody's like, you know, they want to protect the latest and greatest stats. And I am just not that person. And so I started being tagged with her. And I was like, 
I need to know this person that I see everywhere. I know her name. I know all about her business. I know all of the things. And like, I want to be her friend. And so I got one of our mutual friends to introduce us. And we started a mastermind once 2020 and the pandemic hit, trying to figure out how we were going to make sure that our agency survived, right? Make sure that we could make it through this. And actually, it's so funny, it ended up being one of the best years in business just because of everybody going online. And so we were able to support our clients through that time by bringing their businesses online and ensuring that their sales were online. And we realized throughout this friendship and this mastermind that we actually had totally separate zones of genius. And so she was really great at marketing and sales. And I was really great at operations and technical media buying. And we actually hired each other with like this whole idea of competition, right? Like neither of us believed in competition, which is just so crazy to even find someone in this industry that believes that, but no competition, sharing all of our secrets, really trying to make sure that we were just able to make it through this difficult time in our business together. And about November of last year, she sent me a message on Facebook. I think it was a joke actually. And she said, Hey, just a warning. I think I'm going to buy you out of your agency. And I said, Hmm. Okay. I mean, I'd consider it. And then like, we both laughed. And then like a week later, she came back. This is my business partner, Jen Spivak now. So we came back and she says, Hey, but like, are you serious? Would you really let me like buy you out? And I said, well, I don't know that I want to be bought out, but like, I am tired of doing this alone. And she was like, yeah, me too. And so within two months by January of this year, we let go of our personally branded agency. So I had Courtney Tarrant Media and she had Team Spivak and we let go of them and we created the ad girls where we could partner up and really focus on our zone of genius and still be able to scale our company, but deliver an incredible quality level of service to our customers. And ultimately like from there have grown this year to be a team of 11, 10. We're at 11 now, actually. We just made a new hire, so that's very exciting. So now we're a team of 11, and we're trying to do things differently. So what we are created to do, what Ad Girls is meant to do, is to put more money in the hands of more women. I think that that's so important. So for me, I grew up as the daughter of a single mom. And for Jen, my business partner, she is actually a survivor of domestic abuse. And for both of us, we believe that women having access to money is one of the most important things that can happen for the world at large. We actually believe that has the power to change the world. And so through our agency, through advertising, right, we are able to help other women grow their businesses so that they can invest in the causes and the things that they care about, whether that's their family or maybe it's a nonprofit. We just were really dedicated to that mission and to making sure that you can do advertising in whatever way you want to do. Ultimately, what we care most about is about making sure our clients are gaining more profits and that we are impacting the world with our mission. So we work primarily with female-owned businesses. And then additionally, we actually get to donate a portion of our profits to an organization that helps women start businesses who are escaping from or exiting from an abusive relationship. And so our nonprofit that we donate to is called Free From, and it helps just women in that transitional period between leaving a domestic abuse situation and really coming to and like being on their own and in 99% of domestic abuse situations, there's actually a financial abuse aspect. And a lot of people don't know that. And so it's not just, I don't want to leave. A lot of times it's, I can't leave. And so we're able to, with our business and with the help of our clients, this year we've donated, between this year and last year, I think we're almost to $50,000 that we've donated to that organization. And we feel just like so honored to be a part of that journey and to ultimately 
know that our mission is not just about helping our clients. It's not just ensuring that we have a well-paid team. It's about really like giving back to the community and to the causes that we care about. I love your story on so many different levels. You know, I've been saying for a long time, ever since the pandemic started, that there's going to be a lot of great things that are going to come as a result of the pandemic, you know, and obviously you're an example of that, right? And I think your story is so fascinating, right? Like, I don't know how many other agency owners or, you know, female marketers are listening right now who have competitors, right? And the idea that you would partner with your direct competition and ultimately go in business together. Yeah. (laughs) That's a cool idea. It's great. And it's like so much better than doing it by myself. I have like a whole extra person that I can go to and run things past. And, and I mean, I think like beyond that, right. It also goes to like show and prove that we can actually go further together, at least in my perspective. And that was sort of our intention is that as we grow and scale, one thing that we see happen so many times is that the quality of service just like drops and we wanted to avoid that at all costs. And ultimately by joining together, like that's been achievable for us. It's been achievable for our clients. We've been able to get amazing results and still have like really close connections with our clients because there's two of us. Right. And we are totally opposite. So that's like wonderful because the things that she owns, like, please don't make me do that. (laughs) The things that I own, she feels the same way about. We were joking last night because I stayed up late with a glass of wine and a spreadsheet, like looking at just like trends and profitability and just the whole back end of the business. And she was like, please don't ever make me do that. And I was like, mm-hmm, this is great. It's so funny. And actually we were featured in an article in Forbes earlier this year talking about exactly that. And I think that there's a new trend coming, a new wave of like really collaboration over competition, right? Really making, let's give away our secrets. Let's share all of the things because we don't have to hide. Like, it's just, it's so silly. If there is somebody that is meant to be your client out there, they're going to be your client. No one else is going to take them away because the thing that makes you uniquely you is actually, it's not something anyone else can take from you. And so that's, I think that when you get to really like feel into that and buy into that concept, like competition does become irrelevant. And that's, I mean, even in our marketing, we talk a lot about that. It's not about competition. It's about what you bring to the market and what you're able to do and how you're able to serve your clients. So let's talk about some of these secrets since you're so transparent. I love this. Yes, I love it. Let's do it. By the way, for all the guys out there that are listening to this, what we're about to talk about is relevant for you too. So don't feel like this is just for female marketers. It's for any marketer who wants to understand how to employ some of these techniques. So first of all, what do you want to say to people who are all in on Facebook, but maybe haven't been paying as much attention to Instagram ads? Why should people take another look at Instagram when it comes to their paid acquisition and their paid ads? Do you have any thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts. I think that the biggest thing is that a lot of times Instagram is like the stepchild of Facebook in terms of like from advertising perspective. We see so many people talk about Facebook ads and Facebook marketing. And yes, they are run from the same back end. So a lot of times it just gets like clumped in to Facebook ads specifically. When in actuality, if we think about not only just the users on Instagram, but we think about the way in which people use the content, also how the platform is evolving and the different methodologies that are, are kind of coming out of that evolution, talking about stories and reels and all of those trends. I think that Instagram in and of itself is an entirely different platform and we need to treat it differently. And when we do treat it differently, what we see in our agency is that we actually get better results, not just on Instagram, but in comparison, sometimes even to Facebook, what we see is a higher level of intent. So people are 
clicking through the ads at a much higher rate on Instagram than they are on Facebook. There's a lot of placements that are less crowded. For example, Reels is the newer placement that you have, right? And that's, I can scroll through probably a hundred Reels before I see an ad. And if you're going on the feed, it's one, two, three posts and then an ad, right? It just is an entirely different playground, so to speak. And I think that when you actually have the opportunity to treat it differently by creating platform specific content by really using the placements as they're intended to be using instead of lumping them all together, what comes out on the other side is really incredible and ultimately impactful to the bottom line, which is your revenue. So it's impacting our clients revenue in a big way. I think that we need to like take a step back and give Instagram another look and really make sure that we're giving it the care that it deserves and the attention that it deserves because it's an incredibly powerful platform. I think it's the fourth most popular platform in terms of like daily active users. And I know that there's so many other options out there, quote unquote, but it's ultimately, it's a top dog. And I think that treating it as such has been something that's really changed the game for a lot of our clients. Awesome. So let's dig into some tips and techniques that you've discovered. Start wherever you want to start. Yes. Okay. My favorite thing to talk about just in general is messaging and specifically the messaging that we use inside of our agency. That is the thing that makes competition irrelevant. So we talked a little bit about that. Competition is irrelevant. You are your own unique human being with your own unique gifts to give the world. So how do you actually communicate that to the world? And I think that traditional marketing tells us that we need to talk about the offer. We need to solve, like talk about the pain points. We need to talk about and solve the issues that our clients are having. And actually, if you really want to make competition irrelevant, you have to talk about something that's different. And the truth is, is that whatever you solve, you're probably not the only person that does it, right? And so what is it about the way that you do it? And what is it about you specifically as the business owner or even as the the CMO or the marketing person at your company? What is it about you that makes you different that ultimately can give this brand or this product or this service a personality? And so we have these four, we call them messaging buckets, but they're four, they're four different, I guess, areas in which you can develop messaging to make sure that you are making competition irrelevant to ensure that you are standing out from the crowd and you're not just blending in. Social is a crowded space. We know that. And if there's a way that we can actually stand out and be different, that's what we need to do. And so this is what how we do that for our clients. We start with authority. This is where everybody loves to hang out and play. Everyone loves to talk about their feature in Forbes, like I did in my intro. They love to talk about their, you know, magazines and the things that they've done for their clients, even testimonials can fall under this bucket of authority, but it's where everybody tends to stay. And we actually think that you need to go deeper. It's a wonderful place to build credibility and for people to understand and trust you as an expert in your field. But we think that you actually need to go deeper. And so the second bucket that we like to use is called personality. And so in the personality bucket, this is where someone sees your content and they say, I could like, be their friend. I want to hang out with them. In our personality buckets, Jen and I, we have this whole thing about team cat or team dog. I have three dogs and Jen has two cats. Even our team is like divided, team cat or team dog. And it's those kinds of little things. It's not directly related to what we do, but our people, they tend to, they, they like love that little quirk about us and they will get on sales calls even and say, just so you know, they, all the sales calls are with Jen and they'll say, just so you know, Jen, 
I am team dog. And I feel like I need to tell you that it's like ingrained in our culture and in our messaging and in our marketing. And, and it's beyond, but it's more than just like, do you like cats or dogs? And it's into how do you make jokes? What kind of jokes do you make? What is like something quirky and funny about your brand and about who you are and, and about the products that you sell? Right. So it's really getting outside of the box and being willing to stand out a little bit and really show your personality, whether you're a brand or a person. Love it. Moving that forward. And then the third bucket is called vulnerability. So if you'll notice, I also did that in my introduction where Jen and I talk a lot about our own stories about why we think more money needs to go in the hands of more women. And it's that vulnerability piece that people actually relate to. And then they start to identify with you. They understand your story. There, I'm sure there are so many people out there listening to this that are like, yeah, my mom was a single mom. I remember how hard that was. I remember that struggle, right? And then you get to relate to them on this deeper level. So now not only do I trust you, now not only do I like you, but now I identify with you through this vulnerability bucket. And then finally, we have another bucket called feel good. And feel good is about the ethos of your company. Where am I putting my money? And how is that impacting the world at large? We have a very conscious consumer that exists in the world today, right? They want to know where their money is going. And they want to know that it's going to a good cause. And so how do we get to be a part of making sure that they know that their finances and their money is like being well spent and like that it's, it's actually going to a cause that they can support, but it's making an impact, right? So this isn't just about buying for us. We donate to free from. It's not just about getting like Instagram ad services. It's about donating to a cause that's larger than yourself. That is actually changing the lives of women and men across the country. So I would imagine you don't have to have all of these in every ad. These are possible buckets you can pull from. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. So we pull from these in different sections at different times throughout our funnel. But when we talk about content, like where do you start and what is the thing that's going to make you stand out in your messaging, specifically on Instagram, right? Instagram's a, a different animal than Facebook. You need to be a little bit more, I would say like 10% bigger than you are on Facebook, on Instagram, because it's, it's a bit more polished. And in, even though it's transitioned away from that in the recent years, it's also, there's just a different, a different type of content and a different type of consumer ultimately on the platform. And so how can you take your brand and really just like dial it up a little bit? And we do that through our messaging buckets. All of our clients go through our messaging buckets and we make sure that they understand the things that make them different so that competition becomes irrelevant ultimately. On the feel good category, obviously it's not every business that donates to causes, right? So is there anything Mm -hmm. else other than that, that triggers the feel good side of things? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the way that you take care of your employees. Ah, okay. Let's talk about the way in which you manage the resources. Are you getting me the best of the best software when you're managing my, let's say you're like an accountant, are you using the best of the best software or are you trying to use cheap software? How are you actually being a steward ultimately of the finances that we're giving you. It can be so many different things. And also like what matters to you? What are you doing with your time? And for a lot of smaller businesses, especially we come up against, well, but like I, my profit margins are so low and I don't know if I can donate. That's actually okay. You as a human being and your life is something that's valuable. And for a lot of our clients that have smaller businesses, their clients work with them because they like who, what they stand for as human beings. So even you as like 
the owner of the business or the brand of the business can be a part of that feel good of, I know where my money is going. Sweet. Love the messaging. And I know this is just part of what we're here to talk about. So let's talk about the next thing that you have learned that people ought to consider when they're doing their Instagram ads. I think that the next thing is all about placements. Okay. There are automatic placements when you're running ads where it puts it in audience network and Facebook and Instagram. And this is where a lot of people go. And it's, it's where Facebook has pushed. If you talk to, you know, the big ivory tower, Facebook people, the marketing experts, that's what they push for is automatic placements. And I would say about like two years, everyone was like, don't do automatic placements, put everything in the feed. And that's another tactic that people have used. And I think that as more and more placements are becoming available, a lot of marketers have defaulted back to potentially automatic placements or the feed placements. And something that we've really seen gain a ton of traction recently is story placements and reels inside of Instagram. When we break up, it can be the same content, but again, we're making it super custom for each placement. For story ads, we're doing the 16 by nine or nine by 16 for the real ads, same thing. And then for the feed ads, we're making sure that those are square. We're doing, we're really making sure that each placement is uniquely designed for where it's going. And by doing that, by breaking those up into separate ad sets, we've been able to like get a quarter of the cost of a click versus the feed, like a $4 cost per click on the feed and like a $1 cost per click on stories and reels. So what I'm hearing you say is, hey, experiment with just placements, specific placements instead of all placements, and you'll probably save money because there's probably open inventory and stories and reels. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, exactly. And what we're seeing is beyond just open inventory, we're actually even seeing sometimes as high as a four times higher click-through rate. Oh, wow. They're almost not on the feed, there's not a lot of science behind it besides the data that we see. So I can assume that what they're doing on the feed is just they're expecting ads. They're like, oh, that's an ad. Great. And they keep scrolling, right? And they get to these stories ads and these reels ads, and they're in a different format than they're used to consuming. And all you need to do is catch their attention for one second more. And if your messaging is strong enough, if you have that good foundation and you're standing out from the crowd, they're going to click. And so what we're seeing inside of reels and stories is sometimes a four times higher click-through rate even. So they're more engaged and they're cheaper to reach. It's been an incredible little golden nugget that we've found. I mean, even just post iOS over the last two years, you've been developing a strategy. I think part of what is so great about Instagram ads in general is that you have to be nimble and you get to keep testing. And as those tests are coming out, we're seeing incredible traction by kind of doing things a little differently, not just doing it the way that you're supposed to do it. A lot of people put on the marketer hat and they like turn into this robot, this like marketing robot. And they're like, hello, I am marketing now. And we, we try to like make the content engaging and use these placements where we know our customer avatar is. So the caveat I would say to that is if you have a customer avatar that's actually 65 years old, reels and stories might not be your jam. And that's okay. But if you've got anywhere from like, I would say even like 45 and below as a customer avatar, not using those placements is missing out on a huge opportunity for cheaper clicks, ultimately cheaper traffic. And in our experience, 
pretty well qualified traffic as well. That's the other complaint that we get in general about social ads. I know that everyone's heard it before, but they're just like not qualified with the right messaging and with the right content that we're putting out there. We are seeing incredibly qualified people coming from these different placements that aren't the feed. The feed has been the default for so long that I think sometimes we're a little scared to like step out and test something new, but it's been incredible what it's actually been able to prove or the costs, how it's impacted costs. Let's talk about story placements just a little bit. Like what can we do? Because I know you and I talked about some cool things that you can do with stories placements because maybe somebody's not even doing that right now. So what can you do with stories placements that maybe people aren't aware of? Yeah, one of our favorite things to do right now that we're experiencing is for our e-commerce clients doing sort of a swipe up to shop feature. A lot of times what we see is linking directly to a collection with e-commerce. But when we are specifically featuring like some of our boutique clients, when we're specifically featuring, let's say like a boot or a jacket, when you can swipe up directly to that product, it just, it, our conversion rates are through the roof. I mean, we're seeing shops that have an average of a 2.5% conversion rate jump to a 4% conversion rate just from that little swipe up to shop that product feature. So linking directly to products and using that swipe up to shop. Sweet is the first thing. The second thing that we've been really trying and testing inside of the agency is lead ads. So actually having people swipe up to do more in-app lead ads and in-app acquisition. So instead of actually sending them away to a website, actually swiping up to fill out that lead form directly inside of Facebook. And I think that this is important because it speaks specifically to all of the iOS things that have been happening and how it's impacted tracking overall. I think moving forward, we're going to continue to see more and more actions being taken inside of the app so that you don't lose out on that tracking, so that you don't lose the impressions or the visitors or even the purchasers from the platform itself. They're doing all of their actions inside of the platform. And so I see that as being another trend that can be really helpful overall, even in retargeting, because we know that your warm audiences is where there's a lot of revenue and a lot of money left on the table if you're not using retargeting properly. Now, I'm a rookie when it comes to lead ads in Instagram. I'm imagining some sort of form pops up and can you control the questions or is it just name and email address? And then what happens to that information once they complete the form? When you have a lead ad form inside of Instagram stories, what it does is it automatically populates the user's information and then exports it into a CSV file, or you can use an app like Zapier and actually connect that to your CRM. So it's stored in sort of like a database, um, but it uses the information that the user already has inside of Instagram and populates that for you, which actually leads to a higher result rate and a higher conversion rate and ultimately a lower cost per lead. And typically what we're seeing is that those types of lead forms, they've been around for a few years, but Users aren't used to seeing it inside of story ads. And it's incredible. Some of the initial tests that we've run on this of just the rate at which people are responding and even the rate at which they're following up inside of completing the webinar registration or watching the webinar for some of our coaching clients or even like going to purchase a course from that email that ultimately sends them to an email follow-up sequence where they buy. It's, It's incredible. I mean, I think the purchasing power inside of these different placements is just it's really exciting, I think. Question. Recently, they did away with the swipe up and now they have the the link stickers. Is the swipe up thing still there for ads or is it now stickers or how does that work? Yeah. So we've seen it still there for some of like our instant experiences. 
What does that mean? What's the instant experience? I'm working on that. So an instant experience is sort of like a shopping experience where you can actually swipe up in order to see products without actually going to the website. And so we've seen that still take place, but I have seen like a rollout inside of Instagram and Facebook, both all of these features get rolled out at different times. And so I've seen the stickers on the reels for sure. I've seen the stickers transfer into the stories and in some of them, I'm still seeing the swipe up. I think that it could just be also like the app version that you're using. So I think it's all unrolling soon. And I think just being able to be flexible, even in that is incredibly important. I think having the flexibility and understanding and feeling that what what's right for you works right now and being willing to keep testing and stepping outside of your comfort zone is incredibly important. Let's talk about Reels ads. Yeah. Most people are scared to death probably of making Reels in the first place, let alone making a Reels ad. So what do we need to yeah. know? What are your thoughts? Okay, I think like anything that's new, everyone gets so scared of it at the beginning, but it can be so fun. And so the first piece of advice I have is to approach it with just a a lot of levity and a lot of fun and get excited. This is a new placement and people are, the algorithm is incredible with the content that it feeds you inside of Reels. And so I think that really just making sure that it's fun and that it looks native. So one of the things that we've tried with our clients is the sort of like the pointing videos. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah, totally. That's like a really easy way that you can get your feet wet with reels where you can just, it's sort of, it's like a video, but you're not talking and you're kind of dancing to music. And I personally, I don't know about you, but I don't love dancing. dancing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you can point, right? I would imagine yeah. you could point. <laughs> you can point and you have, you have to like do something to try to make yourself engaging. And so I actually tried to record a real ads for us and I couldn't do it. I was like, this is not for me. And that's okay. So what I actually ended up doing is a real ad that was like changing outfits. So you can like jump and change outfits. And so that's another like type of transition that you can do. And what's important to know about real ads is that they're going to loop on 30 seconds. So they do need to be 30 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the content is totally up to you. What do you want to see? If you want to even just make a slideshow, I know that that sounds so basic and so simple, but what we're utilizing inside of reels isn't just the placement. It's also a new area or a new place in which you can acquire customers that maybe would not have interacted with you otherwise. So it's okay if the content looks similar to your story ads or to your feed ads. It's okay if it all kind of has the same scent even, and you can make something as simple as a slideshow. But what I don't want to do is see everybody just like pause in fear because they're so afraid of trying something new and of dear God, please don't make me dance on video. Like you don't actually have to. So that would be my first thing. Now the call to action, you kind of teased a little bit about this. I think when we were talking earlier, how do you know a Reels ad from a regular Reel? Is it because there is a a obvious call to action button or something? What's the difference? Yeah. So there'll be a call to action button in the bottom middle of your screen and it'll actually say sponsored. So you know how you ads on your feed and it says sponsored. There's still that little disclaimer. You can see it there. Got it. And so those are the biggest things that are going to show you that it's an ad. But I've watched several ads that I didn't realize were ads at first because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I think I saw one the other day from Spanx and I was like, huh, look at Spanx on the Reels game. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a promoted post. Like this is sponsored. And I ended up clicking and buying a pair of Spanx because like whatever. But I think that the 30 second length is incredibly important. And those I, even the ones that we're seeing that are 15 seconds or shorter, 
the purpose of real ads isn't to tell your whole story, right? It's to entice the click. It's to bring them into your ecosystem to allow people to get familiar with your brand. And so if we just let go of the idea that we have to convert people inside of the real ad, we don't have to write a story, a novel inside of the text. We don't have to record a two minute long video. It can just be short and fun and a new way to bring people into your ecosystem. What I think is fascinating about ads for reels is that unlike stories where you generally know the the face of the person because you're following people and like, oh, here's a face I've never seen before. With reels, they intentionally show you reels from people you have no clue who they are, right? Yeah. So you have a chance here to get in front of an audience that would not, quote unquote, swipe you away because they're in kind of this immersive reels experience, right? Yeah, exactly. And using the video platform to get across like your point. I mean, we've been talking about video for years now. Everyone needs to be doing video, right? But using that video space in a different way to get across your point, to educate your consumer is such a unique opportunity. And so the one thing I will say is that the text underneath it inside, when you're building the ad, it says that it'll give you, I think up to like 75 characters. And I've seen several of our ads actually be published with only 35 characters being viewed. And so really what that comes down to is like the first line of text. Is the rest hidden or is there a more button? There is a more button. The rest of it is just hidden by default. And so Uh, I find that to be so interesting that really what Instagram is telling us in that moment is we want people to be engaging with the video. And so I think that is something else to consider that you need your content to be front and center in the video and not necessarily rely so heavily on headlines and text, which as advertisers is something that we've done for a really long time. You have to have a good headline with a great hook, right? But with reels, you really get to step out of that. Your hook and your concept and what you want to communicate has to be inside of the content, which is why I say dancing isn't the only way to get content out there inside of reels. Yeah, there's a side of me that's like, okay, if you have a physical product, it's easy to show off the product in a reel. But if you're giving information and you're in the business of being a consultant or an agency or expert, right? I would imagine you're just going to have to give away the goods and just hope that they want to discover more. Is that generally how it works? Yeah, that's what we've been doing with our clients is we're talking. So for example, we used this recently with a client that did a a challenge. And so what we did is used some of the top things that her clients wanted to know and explain them in a reel and say, if you want to know more, let's go here. Right. So it was like an open invitation. So it was just her creating a 30 second vertical video sharing her information. Right. That's it. Yeah. And she verbally made the call to action knowing full well it was going to loop. Exactly. So in that case, it's more about this is a 30 second ad where I'm sharing wisdom and click the button below if you want to learn more. I mean, verbally calling Mm -hmm. that out in the video. Right. Yeah. Because remember, this is a new plot, a new space. People don't always know how to use it. And so there is just the verbal call to action that can really moves a needle in a really big way. And what I do see is that CPMs, cost per thousand impressions of getting in front of people for reels can be slightly more expensive, but our cost per click and click-through rate are so high that it doesn't actually matter. So low, you mean? You said high. I mean, high click-through rate, low cost per clicks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, so far we've talked about messaging matters. We've talked about how you should get specialized with your placements. And in particular, we zoomed in on stories placements. And then we zoomed in on reels placements. What else do we need to be thinking about when we're making Instagram ads? Is there any other tips or wisdom you'd love to share? I'm going to share an oldie but a goodie, which is turning your best organic content into ads. 
I think that so often this gets overlooked as an unnecessary thing that we used to do in 2015 and we don't do it anymore. But actually, it's an incredible, useful piece of anyone's funnel to stay ever present in front of your audience. And so you mentioned Everywhere AF, which is a course that we have teaching you how to be Everywhere AF on the internet. If you go to our website, our ads, the ad girls will follow you around the internet until you die. It's just, that's what will happen. Get used to seeing our faces because we will be everywhere. And turning that organic content into ads has been some of the most impactful marketing moments that we've had in our business because what people want to relate to, let's go back to messaging buckets for a second. They want to know that they can trust you. They want to like you. They want to know that their money is going to a good place. And ultimately they want to know that they can identify with you. And those things aren't typically happening inside of a conversions ad, inside of a traditional click here to join my challenge or shop now. That is happening when we're taking our best organic content that people are engaging with and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing your story or look at your cat, so cute, right? When we turn those into ads, into an evergreen ad, after someone has visited our website or has engaged with us on inside of social, we're seeing that it's that ever presence, that staying in front of people that's making sure that they don't forget us. And so they may not be ready for your product or your service right now, but they might be ready in 30 days. They might be ready in six months. And if you're staying in front of them with this evergreen strategy of content that is relating to them on a deep level and also content that's ultimately moving them forward in your buyer's journey and in the funnel towards trusting you more, then that's an incredible win-win. And the costs of that are so low because what you're doing is actually promoting that as an engagement ad. It doesn't have to have a giant call to action necessarily. Um, we want to sprinkle a few of those in, but ultimately using what already works is something that often gets overlooked. We don't need to always reinvent the wheel. Okay. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Are we literally taking a story, an old story that is in our archive and turn it into an ad or an old feed post, or are we letting that be inspiration for an ad? I'm curious, is it both? What's your thoughts? The answer is both. We're doing both. For us, we want that actual post, that actual content, because any content that we're posting ultimately does have some type of call to action. Even if the call to action is, let me know your thoughts in the comments below, right? Like okay. there's something that's there inside of all of our organic content. But even if there's not, there's something to be said for, I am just in your feed and I am just around. I want you to know, like, and trust me. And I don't, I don't need anything from you in order to do that. There's like an authenticity to it that I think gets lost when we take our organic content, we put our marketer hat on, we turn into a robot and we try to make it into an ad and it just doesn't land as well. That was, that's been our experience is trying to turn that organic content into something that it's not, then makes it not resonate anymore because it's not the original thing that resonated with your audience. And so we like to do a combination of the, of both. We take the organic content and we push it out as is because it's important that you know that I'm still here. It's important that you don't forget about me whenever you're ready to do Instagram ads, right? So we push that out, but we also take the concepts and we take those learnings and we put it into a call to action every 30 days. And we say 30 days in, we do a, hey, don't forget, do you want to book that call? 30 days after that, hey, just checking in, want to book that call, right? And we continue that pattern until ultimately they book or it becomes, they 
go too far out and they don't engage with us. Although I have friends that say, I don't think I've liked a post of yours in two years and I still see your ads everywhere. So unclear if you will ever get rid of our ads. <laughs> Courtney, is there any other ninja tips that you want to share? I've got one. I got, this is my favorite ninja tip, actually. I love using gifts. And I think that it's like all the things that I've said, I think it's overlooked. I think that we put so much focus on video that we don't realize that ultimately gifts are consumed in a lot of the same ways as video, but we can make so many more variations of gifts than we can of that 30 second or two minute even video that we're using to promote, right? And so something that we've been testing is just having three to five second loops of super bright, like contrasty content where the things that are moving are really simple animations. So maybe it's like, we had a, a client with this awesome sweatshirt. It was about unicorns and rainbows or something. And we put a rainbow like that went across the screen and that was it. But that got enough attention and it was just enough movement to really get the customer's attention. And so we saw an incredibly high click-through rate on that. We see a low cost per click on GIF ads. And ultimately what we're doing is breaking up the monotony of the feed. The ads that we designed as marketers two years ago, even a year ago, are just not moving the needle in the same way. And so any sort of movement or any sort of like bright color pop that you can throw in there actually can be incredibly impactful on your overall results. I have a question about functionally how this is accomplished. It seems to me as if you're taking a still picture and then you're throwing some animated gifts on it, like organically, and then you're downloading it and that becomes your ad? Or am I totally on, off on that? No, that's correct. We are taking a static image and we're putting just a few animated elements over it. You can do that in Canva super easily. We have a graphics team. I'm not 100% sure how they do it um, right. because they are all magicians. <laughs> it's just about having that little element of movement. And when you download it, you actually download it as an MP4 file. So it becomes a video, but it loops because it's short. Yeah, Okay. exactly. And so it it becomes the the thing, the video that you want to put in all these video placements. And do you know what else is great about that? What? You can retarget video viewers because now they've viewed this gift. So they're a video viewer. Even if they don't click on your ad, if they stop for a second, your video is only three seconds long. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You see what I just did there? <laughs> oh, that's very clever. That was very good. I love that. I love dad jokes. This is great. That was oh, a good one. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying the label on that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. All right. Well, listen, you've been amazing, uh, Courtney. If people want to find out more about you, where do you want to send them? Yeah. So I actually have a gift that I want to give to everybody. Um, it is 100 ad concepts, the list of 100 ad concepts that make competition irrelevant. So it breaks down ad ideas inside of each one of our messaging buckets. And it's just a great place to kind of like get your gears turning and move you forward. And so that plus Everywhere AF, which I know we talked a little bit about today, will be available on at theadgirls.com slash SME. Awesome. Courtney, Tarrant, theadgirls.com slash SME is where you go to get that awesome stuff. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing a whole bunch of ideas that I, I know people are going to go and experiment with. We, we're better because of it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. If you missed anything, we took all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 488. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about the show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. 
I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.